reflect and you realize it's not a criticism, it's a challenge. Yeah. And you're supposed to be going towards the challenge. Welcome everyone to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Hey, everybody. This week, we joined Ziegler teams in the locker room at Orland Park BMW to discuss key takeaways from a recent Jim Craig leadership session on creating and navigating through personal and professional networks and inner circles, as Jim refers to them. We go to the locker room at Orland Park BMW now. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the special edition of the Driving Vision Podcast, Future of Zag Today, Backstage Edition, Jim Craig. So with us today... Actually, let's start with Lindsay Latsko. Lindsay, how about leading a call your first Jim Craig session ever? Yes, thank you, Sam. It was extremely nerve-wracking up until like the final moment. And then I actually really enjoyed it and I'm so glad I did it. So it's crazy. We're here on in the uh, training room at Orland Park BMW with us as well as Cheryl, Brian, Will. We've just talked to them a little bit about best and brightest. You got a phone call after the last Jim Craig call where Mike Byan led. Yes. And the phone call said what? That I should volunteer for the next call. And what went through your head as you got that call? Absolutely not. <laughs> Cheryl, you had that experience. I did. I did. And I, I felt the same way. Although I did volunteer, I still felt like, what am I, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. You know? How far in advance were you, uh, did you volunteer of, of your call date? Was it a month? Was it two oh, months? It was well in advance. It was like when they were preparing the calendar. I okay. Said, told Mike, put me on a call sometimes. So. Okay. When I didn't did know it, my subject yet. When did it come real for you? Probably the first prep call with Jim. Yeah. Lindsay, same? I Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Now you made a comment about how you felt last or this morning, right? Before you uh, went on the call. What was that? <laughs> thought I was gonna throw up. So I don't get nervous either. I don't usually get don't. so nervous. Like I, I, I'll get a little nervous, but I can usually get past it, and I'm fine. So we just spent time as part of Best and Brightest talking about how one of the things that separates us and our culture is we are pushed outside of our comfort zone and we're asked to do things that challenge our comfort zone. You were challenged. Very much so. And on the other side of that, how did you feel? <laughs> Great. I felt accomplished. I felt proud of myself, to be honest. And I hope other people volunteer. And, you know, I was somebody who I didn't speak up often on the calls. So for me, it's just an intimidating group. You have some, you know, all of our best and brightest leaders. Yeah. And, um, uh, so it was, but at the other side, it was, I was really proud of myself and happy I did it. So we want to talk about key takeaways because you led a fascinating conversation today that made me think about the topic very differently. But before we go there, one of the other things that set apart your session was two goals you had at the very beginning. So one was you went two over Mike Bayan and you said, I want to have 12 people have a voice. Did you accomplish that? Yes. Yes, you did, which is awesome. The second goal was unique. Tell us about that goal. So the second goal was challenging two people that spoke up on today's call to share our next month's call, just briefly in the beginning of our call, to share um, an action that they took away from today's call and then the impact it made. Which that's pretty cool. We talk on the podcast a lot about the ripple in the pond, the impact that our works, our efforts, the things we learn have. You're going to see if somebody actually has that impact. You won't know for 30 days. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do to make sure somebody stands up? That's a little risk. Well, I have a few people in mind that did really well and that don't typically speak up. So I think I'll reach out to them in a few weeks and, you know, 
where they're at. Is this a tradition that will continue? I, I hope mean, so. I think it's a cool connection. Don't Cheryl, don't you think that's kind of a unique connection between a learning and a doing and an impact? Yes, I I really liked her challenge. I thought, wow, that's a really unique challenge. And that gets people thinking. It gets people to step up, come out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Okay. Takeaways. Will, what was a big takeaway from today? So I think a couple things. I think one, the biggest thing I think is you need to look at who's in your inner circle. Who are those people? Are they the right people? Has that circle been the same the entire time, you know, over a longer period of time, I should say. So the other thing is think about over that period of time, if it hasn't changed, should you change some of those people in your circle? And are they in your industry? Or are they not in your industry to try and gain perspective from people maybe outside of your industry to learn something new and to, to challenge yourself and, and, you know, make yourself uncomfortable? That's such a novel concept. I'm not sure where else we hear that a lot about having people in your inner circle be outside of your work network. Like so many business leaders and business people focus on in that network and their circle stays the same. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on that? So, yeah, like like my little brother, for example, I shouldn't say little, he's in his 40s, but still he's an accountant downtown. Yeah. So him and I bounce stuff like he'll give me financial advice personally and some little bit of work, how to cut costs and things of that nature. Yeah. What advice could I give him? Not a lot with accounting, but he's a bean counter. He's got a dry personality. So yeah. I joke around with him and kind of bring him out of his shell and it helps him out in his career. So I like to think I got a good person. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl looked looked around when you said yeah, that. I don't know. This guy. Are you doubting this, Cheryl? No, not at all. <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? So I took away the um, that your inner circle may not just be one circle. You have many inner circles. You have your day-to-day inner circle. You have the people who you go to and you correspond with more, you know, not on a day-to-day basis, that may be with more larger items in your life, but that... Um, and you can be in somebody's inner circle and perhaps they're not in your inner circle. So you, they may look to you and or you may look to somebody else for something. That it's not just one circle. There's all these different circles of people that you have. Yeah, you know, as we as he was describing that, and Lindsay, as you were talking about that, I almost wanted to get in and, and say, hey, I almost feel like we start to talk about sphere of influence, right? Like there's different spheres of influence that we join or we seek to join. Some are tough to get into. The, th- the One of the takeaways I had today is, there are some circles that we may not really want to be in because maybe we don't align with them from a value standpoint or from a goal standpoint, but we may still need to have influence in that circle. Thoughts on that, Will? Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at it, it the circles that you have, are you uh, an influence in that circle? Are, are they being an influence to you? So there's two ways to look at it. And like you said, there's there's some circles that you're trying to be in and there's some circles that maybe we should not be in. And yeah. maybe try to get out of. So I think it's recognizing what are the important circles. And then not only that, you know, it's circles upon circles. And those people are connected to people. And not only that, but you may be able to join another circle that somebody that's in your inner circle, they introduce you and make an introduction to someone else. So that can, you know, take that, uh, you know, exponential effect of, you know, growing your knowledge and and growing, growing influence in another circle that you might not even be connected to, it might be somebody else's circle. And that might create a better bond between you and somebody who's in your inner circle already. So that's another way to look at it. To that point, Lindsay, you made a great point about the Herb Brook video mm-hmm. where you know, he has to go in and sell this Olympic committee on his approach and on his vision. And and you asked a great question about the makeup of that committee. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and kind of your takeaway on that group. Will talks about 
you know, maybe we don't want to be part of a, a, a circle. How do we know when we're confronted with a group that's really not worth being part of? Right. So in that um, clip, I had talked about, you know, Herb goes in and he's trying to get the buy-in from the inner circle and they're immediately, you know, shutting him down. And you can see that there's inner circles among their inner circle. And the question I asked was, you know, how could the Olympic Committee self-reflected and realize that they weren't diverse? You know, they were all they all had the same mindset. They were all about the same age. They were all, you know, males. And it's it, you have to kind of self-reflect on that and realize, you know, if you're part of an inner circle, you know, how can you change that if needed? And then with with Herb, you know, he didn't want to be a part of their inner circle, but he just needed to sell them the idea. He just needed to get them to buy in and believe in him. And I think it's just like, you know, here at work where there's inner circles that you're not a part of, but you need them, you know, on, they're on your team, right? So you need them to respect you. You need to them to work with you. And I think that's okay. You don't have to be a part of every You don't have circle. to be a part of every circle. And and how do you know I thought this was so fascinating. If if a group or a sphere of influence becomes so much the same that they don't produce any different thoughts, that's probably not a great group to be part of. Right. How do you self-check? You know, as Tim Tarantine talked to us about self-awareness, how do you get self-aware about this group is just thinking the same? I'm just kind of hearing myself think, right? And just getting affirmed in my wrong thinking. How do you self-check on that, do you think, anybody? I think it ha- maybe it's uh, the group that you're in. If everybody's in agreement yeah. and you're all agreeing on the same things, it's time to change, right? Because you need somebody with a difference of opinion, maybe somebody that's thinking different than you are to kind of, you know, break you out of out of the status quo, so to speak. But you have a lot of people that are just thinking the same thing and you're all agreeing on the same thing. And well, guess what? You're not you're not going to gain any knowledge from that. So I think ha- having disagreements is a good thing. And yet that runs contrary to human nature, because as soon as I hear a disagreement in front of me, oftentimes I see that there's two ways to see it. There's a way to see it as constructive and a benefit. You can also see it as a threat. At Team Ziggler, I think we're set apart that we compete together together and we don't see those threats and we don't attack each other. But uh, in the world, you, you see disagreement. Why, why? What is it about disagreement that sometimes we see it as a threat, not as an opportunity, Will? I think that if you see disagreement and you see it as a threat, it's because you're not willing to change. Ooh. So you're stuck in your ways. You don't want to change. And you're com- you're comfortable with where you're that at. Hurts, Will. So, but it's true. Sometimes the truth hurts, but it really is. Disagreement is, hey, I, I don't want to hear it because I know what I know, and this is all I know, and you know, I'm not willing to change. So, I, I think having a disagreement, depending on you know the you know, obviously if it's the right morals, the right ethics, and everything, that disagreement can be constructive. Yeah. But it may be that you don't want to change, and maybe that's a bad thing. Yeah. Cheryl, Will, right? Will's right. So when we first started doing the Jim Craig calls and other calls, one of the things people didn't like was the confrontation. I remember that. Yes. So when you walked away, you might might be sugarcoating it a little bit. Like there was a little bit of a war in the beginning, wasn't there? And you may, you may have gone away from a call thinking, what's he know? What's what, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm right. You're wrong. This is how it's going to be. And then you self-reflect and you realize it's not a criticism. It's a challenge. And you're supposed to be going towards the challenge and, if you're right, prove it, but you better have the goods to back it up. And I, I think that's 
part of the inner circle too, is you should challenge your inner circle, right? That's what we're here for. And if you have a diverse inner circle, they're going to challenge you because they're not going to see the same perspective and mindset. And I think that's kind of what it's all about. So one question you asked, somebody responded very quickly, but not to the question, but I thought it was a great question. And it was this, are there spheres of influences or inner circles within Team Ziggler that are so much similar that they actually hurt and stop people from progressing. You asked that question and I don't think anybody heard it. Do you want to ask it again? We'll pretend you asked it. (laughs) Cheryl, Will, Brian, any thoughts on that? I think there probably are, but you have to, you have to have the confidence. It's not going to name them. No. (laughs) The confidence to let yourself be heard Yeah, and let yourself be known that if you want to participate or break down that wall or give it the flat tire as um candace had said mm-hmm. then you need to Her step up and say so good yeah. yeah you can't just watch the wheel go by yeah. and think oh then give it the flat tire then yeah say something that you see is wrong and let your voice be heard but i think that's a great thing about ziggler everybody has an open door policy yeah Carol especially will i know that for a fact if you got a question or response or if maybe even disagree yeah. there's always that open door policy where other dealerships sam they don't they don't allow it it's well they see that they see a variety of opinions as threat in a lot of cases. And what you're talking about, Cheryl, is tough because it requires a little bit of emotional intelligence. But what an interesting, and Lindsay, we appreciate you giving us this question and kind of giving us this challenge. In our circles, is there group think that's holding us back that we should kind of push back gently on? And then Cheryl, you gave us a great first step, which is look inside ourselves and be the one to have a voice in offering a different perspective. That's really what Jim Craig and all these calls has offered anyway, right? It's a different way of looking at us at the same problem. Right. You, there are so many different perspectives in these calls. When you leave, if your perspective hasn't been challenged, you're not looking at it properly. You yeah. need, you know, when you go on these calls, if you think your answer is the only right one, then you probably should not be on the call. <laughs> you <laughs> or you shouldn't be driving a car. Right. Which, you should, you that was made be. very clear at the end. Don't drive a car while you're Which is right. Yes. You should have that open mindset to accept the challenge and maybe, you know, maybe just tweaking your perspective, maybe not changing it. Yeah. You know, your core values should not change of who you are, yeah. but maybe tweaking the perspective or the, you know, what you being really open-minded. Think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being open to the idea of something different is a first step for somebody who's super close-minded. Well, I even think too, on all the Jim Craig calls, a lot of us go into those homework assignments and we think we have the right answer. And then all of a sudden, after mm-hmm. Jim's talking it and everybody's talking it, everybody's changing their answers. Yeah. You know, and break mid, you, you could think you have the right answer and you're answering it and it changes like well, that. And you see it from a different perspective. Right. And, you know, it, 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 kudos to Aaron, because he truly has in his own world, his sphere of influence, his circle is very diverse. So he does get different opinions and feedbacks from very, many types of different people. Somebody's behind me and I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard somebody, <laughs> note to editor, pull that part out. It freaked me out. I don't like when people walk up behind me. Uh, where was I? But Lindsay, oh, no. Lindsay actually <laughs> did mention that in her preparation, she said she thought she had everything. And then Jim, Jim throws a wrench and she had to pivot. Yes. Right. Yeah. But she pivoted and did a great job today. Which is also a great muscle to exercise because in the world, in our leadership roles, working with customers, we're pivoting every single day. Mm-hmm. And the better we get at pivoting, uh, the, the stronger we are in our leadership. Right. Any thoughts on that, Will? Yeah, I think I think. 
bigger picture, we're in an environment where you got to adapt and you got to adapt fast. Mm -hmm. And those people who are not adapting are going to get left behind quick. No question. So uh, exactly to your point, you got to adapt, you got to change, you got to be willing to pivot and you see something, you see something coming, you got to move and move now and be decisive when you do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, what a great conversation about this Jim Craig session. Uh, Lindsay Lasko, any other big takeaway you want to share before we go round robin on Oh, a uh, uh, the speed round questions. Oh gosh, <laughs> I think just you know having a different perspective and making sure your inner circle is diverse and that you can have multiple inner circles. And I think also being aware that you're probably in somebody else's inner circle and don't know it, maybe or you know um, it hasn't been recognized, and just you know help people out and treat them right, and you know make sure everybody around you is as successful as they can be with your help. That's awesome. You did such a great job today. All right. Jim Craig always talks about trend lines and he brought up theft as a trend line that the Ziegler Auto Group addressed. And then he threw out the question, what's the next trend line? Lindsay, you gave a great answer. You said, or maybe Jim alluded to digital retelling. Totally agree with that. In fact, we're already doing things within our auto group at Racine Honda and some of your other stores, Lindsay, to anticipate digital digital retailing and to be ready when that happens. And we'll share that with the rest of the group as those things happen. I want to go around, Robin, in your role of spirit and influence. What is that next trend line that is that just begs to be addressed? Will O'Hara. Ooh, that's a good one. There's multiple that I think of, but I think one could be that we really don't know the EV market. I think that is a trend line that's uh, coming fast. I don't know that that the world is as ready as maybe some of the governments are and and some of the manufacturers are, but that's something that is that's coming fast. And we start looking at manufacturer sales targets and where they want to go. Question is going to be: Are the consumers ready for, to be full EV in five years? And and that's kind of the direction they're going. And it's 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 going to be an interesting one. But that's something we definitely got to pay attention to. It's going to change our industry for sure. No question. In fact, it may be the one thing that everybody overestimates and underestimates Correct. at the exact same time. Absolutely, and nobody really knows, knows the what's answer, right. like. What is the answer? This weekend we have the Ziegler Kalamazoo Marathon as we're recording this. We're gonna we're gonna block off an entire street where we'll have nothing but EV vehicles. We brought them from all over the Ziegler Auto Group, and most of them have been flat trailered over right. because that's a distance to take an electric vehicle. And sure. what quarter do you want? You know, yeah. I don't know if that's the reason why they're all getting trailered, <laughs> but they're all trailered. Right, <laughs> yeah. Cheryl. Well, I'm gonna piggyback on Will because I just met yesterday with um, CATA, and the conversation was EV. That was all the auto show rage and BMW, I guess, put on a spectacular EV yeah. display that everybody just loved doing. And they're, they gave so, rides, actually. Right. And yeah. CATA did their own version of um, test driving about eight different type of EVs. So yeah. that's a big, big thing going on right now. It's it's everywhere. And that's crucial for the office because we start to think about all the different processes that are important yeah. to EVs withstanding and not excluding just filing for the dog on rebate like right. we have to yep. provide a form to every customer yeah, different um, registration process yeah. yeah 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 fixed ops so i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with bob keel earlier today when he talked about mobile service okay and mm-hmm. i think that's a real big opportunity for dealers to grow their business yeah um the other thing is just uh the the videos and tech videos and electronic multi-point inspections and things yeah. that we're just touching on right now that are going to be full swing customers okay and on their iphone of the repairs that need to get done and just yeah. how that's going to take dealers to the next level and the dealers that like will says you know that buy into it and do it successfully are going to be those ones that are successful your answer brings a smile to my face because 
a lot of people in the auto industry for the past 30 years have been afraid of the future. And yet this future that we're walking into, I can't imagine anything more exciting and compelling with technology. And you talk about videos, like what a great way to have a service experience in a service department than to be able to look at an iPad and be able to see a video of your vehicle up on the hoist with everything that's right, everything that's wrong, a checkup from the neck up, right? Mm -hmm. And to use technology to make recommendations to create that ultimate experience, that enhances profitability, that enhances our experience, not diminishes it. And in no way, it's so interesting to me, we all thought technology would replace the us. It can't, right? right. It can't. And it hasn't. Has it, Cheryl? No, it does not. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> All right. So what do I think is the thing that's good? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to answer that. No, question. let's hear your Everybody answered, but you I just pulled myself So what's the, the trend line item, Sam? Come on. What is, what is it? What is the trend? You know what? So I'm fascinated by this. Uh, Grant Cardone talked about AI and chat GPT. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk says there needs to be regulation on uh, AI and how it's being implemented. You're starting to see little bits of it. For now, it is wrong 80% of the time. Sure. But its ability to like figure things out is astounding. It's going to be really interesting over the next several years to see how we can use technology like that to deliver that extraordinary experience. And I think it's going to help it. Thoughts, yeah, Will? I think so. I think it's a technology that we don't know a ton about of how it can impact, you know, uh, the customer experience. But I do think with that technology, I think it is ultimately down the road once we get it right. Yeah. I think it's really going to be able to enhance the customer experience going forward, especially, you know, this business that we're in is always going to be a relationship business, but there is an enhancement and level of service and the ability to communicate with the customer. And this is maybe one way that we can do that. Yeah. The other thing I learned, thanks to you, Lindsay, earlier this week is copyright law as it relates to mm. social media. Like that's a fascinating world to me. We're wanting to make sure we're cutting edge. We're up on it all. And like, it's like law that is rooted in 1950s books, newspaper and all that stuff. And it hasn't caught up to this AI world or this TikTok world right. or this Facebook world and like intellectual property and who owns what and how do they own it and how do they protect it? I mean, those are just, they're just fascinating questions. And we're here in the middle of it all as Team Ziggler pivoting quickly, figuring it out. Uh, and, it, and it's a heck of a lot of fun. All right, Lindsay, you get the last word and uh, take us home. Thank you again for what you did today. No, well, thank, thank you. And thank you to everybody again. I had a ton of support throughout this whole process from a variety of people in the auto group. And I'm really grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the opportunity and just make sure your inner circle is diverse and have fun with it. And let's do it. Thank you, Lindsay Latsko. Thank, uh, thank you, Brian Coster, Cheryl Precarion, and Will O'Hara. A special thanks to the teams at Ziegler BMW Orland Park, to Jim Craig and Lindsay Latsko for contributing to this week's Driving Vision podcast. Until next week, how are you driving vision today? Today.